Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Brothers Wrestling Podcast. Big week this week, episode 170. Uh, due to a clerical error, uh, where actually one si- where episode 163 was missed, and then things were misnumbered, unfortunately. However, we're back on track with episode 170 this week. <laughs> My name is Cameron Osborne. His name is Mike the Shoot Shepherd. Yes. Yes. And uh, this is one of the biggest weeks in professional wrestling, I think, for me personally. Uh, not only are we on the road to WrestleMania, not only is uh the elimination chamber coming up not only are we going back to saudi we could already be on a plane heading there i have not seen any photos of the set or the stadium or anything like that sometimes those will start to leak you know a day or two in advance haven't seen anything but we're expecting a big show we're expecting another not not the big show we're expecting a big show (laughs) in saudi arabia yeah, I mean, this is the first, uh, this is the farthest that Chambers ever had to travel. I wonder if they, you know, flew it over, if they just grabbed the parts down there. Or yeah, what's what's cheaper? To fly over the, <laughs> the, the devastating structure, which is the Elimination Chamber, or just to source parts locally? I mean... Yeah. Uh, God, who knows? That's a whole other conversation for another day. But we have all of our weekly wrestling action. Uh, but before we get too much into the show, uh, let's take uh, let's go somewhere we haven't gone in a uh, in a little while now. Many moons ago, let's take a trip around the ring. Around the ring, 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 around the ring. Now, Mike, you've yeah. been on, you've been frantically um, texting, paging, <clears throat> telegraphing with AC Dirt himself. Uh, he's co- he covers all the uh, telegramming. Sorry, he covers all of the uh, <laughs> kind of mediums. Uh, you recently learned Morse code, so you guys could communicate on a on a separate level. Yeah, I yeah. got one of those little ticker things. Yep, beep 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 beep. Uh, yeah. But even the dirt man himself was blown away by this story. He did not see it coming. I don't think any of us did. As uh, we got up earlier this week and we found out that Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes are both no longer with All Elite Wrestling. No longer with the company at all. Cody uh, and Brandy have been free agents for a little while, kind of signing little deals uh, to kind of get through whatever kind of story is being told on television. And I guess the two sides couldn't meet at uh, f- for further contractual agreements. Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, we heard they've been free agents kind of since New Year's, and we all figured, ah, they'll work it out. They're just, you know, COVID, traveling, whatever. And, Baby. You know, Cody won a title and lost it, and so he's been active. He's been doing lots of stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, apparently the money wasn't there. Cody wanted more. Tony wasn't willing to give it, and uh, there's a million other stories, rumors going on about, you know, some backstage stuff, and Cody losing power with the the booking committee, basically not having any power, Um, and that was part of it, and yeah, not getting along with people, and lots of rumors like that. 
Facts. Now, Mike, out, out of all of these rumors, which one, like, you know, uh, which one's your favorite? Which one do you find yourself gravitating to the most? <laughs> I'll, 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 get, I'll give you my two cents, right? Um, or rather, my favorite of the rumors that I'd rather gravitate towards is the disagreement towards your booking direction. That, yeah. that um, you know, it's, I mean, you know, we're, you know, booking, we know what that means. It's kind of, think about it like the shifts your boss gives you. Uh, think about it like you're, um, if you're not happy that your boss is always making you work Saturday afternoons, when you would rather work uh, Monday to Wednesday or something like that. You're not, you know, you don't have that decision making. You're not the ultimate boss. And if you have to work Saturday, then suck it up. You got to work Saturday. Uh, that's my particular, that's my favorite one I think uh, because when we think of these wrestlers we think of them as being a cog in the machine maybe a part of the story Uh, we don't really think of them necessarily as having their own direction as to who they get to wrestle when they get to wrestle how those uh, what those uh, you know what the results of the matches are that's my favorite because that's the one that makes Cody to me feel like he's being um, a little bit of a bitch (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, just, uh, yeah, that kind of plays into more of the rumors I heard. Like, Tony Khan was getting fed up with Cody, and, I mean, it always felt like the Cody-verse, as people have coined it, uh, always felt kind of like a separate part of the show. Like, whatever Cody and his family was doing really had nothing to do with anyone else except for their own storyline, and he had his own separate entrance and all that, and everything was about Cody, 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 and uh, it seems like it was actually... Not just for storyline, like maybe he really is that self-absorbed. I don't know. And you, I mean, you said it right there. His own entrance. We have, and this is a company which already has a hundred percent more entrances than WWE main <laughs> roster. <laughs> and we all thought we've been saying it for eighteen months. Oh, this is you know one of the greatest slow burn heel turns, and then nope. Turns out he really didn't want to turn heel. He really thought he was the all American American. And we've only ever seen MJF. Other than Cody, come out through the middle. We saw MJF last week when he was uh, on his palaquin, of course, uh, <laughs> being brought out to the ring. Um, but that's exactly it, especially in here in All Elite Wrestling, where we see factions on factions, on people hanging out, on groups together. Hey, hell, this week on Dynamite, Lee Moriarty was in a match, and Matt Seidel walked him out to the ring. I'm thinking to myself, what the, f- what the fuck are those guys doing together? Everybody has a somebody. <laughs> in all elite wrestling and you're just right there cody has been on an island of his own uh which probably was part of you know what kind of had the fans turning on him as a heel yeah um and i mean and i don't know like obviously they were negotiating but they were still like working on storylines like Brandy and uh, Dan Lambert just started their thing, and that'll never have any. Just last week, we had Paige Van Zant come uh, come in, and almost to ourselves, we're thinking to ourselves, "Shit, Paige Van Zant, Brandy, are they uh, going to work themselves into the ring in some capacity?" Yeah. So, and uh, of course, it's all but confirmed that he's going to WWE. So, of uh, course, he's probably talking to him. That's what we're thinking. Um. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it does sort of seem like a, a, a strange jumping off point uh, to be mad that you don't get to book yourself and then you go back to the company <laughs> that you famously. If this is like this. If this happens, this is Mickey James showing up at the Rumble like on steroids. Uh, 
right? Well, Mickey, yeah, Mickey, is... Mickey James was let go by a company that she was, you know, fairly known well and, uh, you know, achieved a lot of success there, but then ultimately got a trash bag full of her belongings. This is a guy <laughs> who talked shit for years and years and years and years and then eventually just deciding to go back and sell out the way he did originally or, you know, what he was trying to avoid in the first place. I don't know. Yeah, his self-fulfilling prophecy, I think. I think he, uh, you know, he's Triple H. He wants to be Triple H, and now he gets to work with Triple H again. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, uh, I mean, I would think that... It's, it's just, so, Cody Rhodes comes back to WWE. There's two things that happen, right? Either the fans are young and they have no clue who he is, or the fans know who he is and boo him because that's just what we were doing. Uh, I really, uh, I really don't see a transition over to WWE being any different. Really, they're either they're either you... six years old and don't watch AEW, so they have no idea what's happening, really, or they do watch AEW and we're like, oh yeah, fuck this guy. But you're excited when he shows up, but <laughs> we we still remember we were just booing him like a week ago. Yeah, I think he'll get a big cheer when he shows up. And uh, the 20% of people that don't know him, they'll know who that he's a big deal, so it won't matter anyway. Okay, so the shoot meter is flying all over. Final thoughts, uh, Mike. Um, where's your shoot meter on this? Yeah, I mean, when I first read the news, I was like, what? Could this be a storyline? And then the more I heard, I'm like, no, this is happening. This is real. He's leaving. He's going to WWE. Uh, but that's not to say he can't return to AEW in two or three years and be an even bigger heel than he was projected to be because he's the one guy, the first guy, that left AEW for WWE. There's been plenty that have gone the other way, but this is the first big, uh, the first big one going back to WWE, so... You're right. You're right. Um, I would, uh, Mike. I gotta go. The uh, the other my shoot meter is flying all over the place, just as everything else. But I, I I think I just for sake of making this interesting, Mike. I gotta go the other way. This is this has sh work of the year shooty <laughs> potential written all over it for me personally. Um, he said some things which I don't know if you can necessarily go back on. He has a show on TNT two shows on TNT like he's firmly on their brand I don't necessarily know if Vince would want a potential top babyface in his company showing up on the other company's network two times a week I think I think it might be the other way around Tony Khan doesn't want a top WWE guy on his network it could be his network. <laughs> yeah, the, ne the network that they're. I mean, it's neither of their networks. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I gotta go for the work on that one. Um, this reminds me of a. Uh, do you remember this was a pre twenty twenty election when um, Trump would be like selling out or like uh, selling out these tickets to big rallies or something, and then it turns yeah. out it was just a bunch of K pop fans. Uh, like taking up the tickets so that nobody else could buy them. So when they were like, there's going to be 10,000 people there, and it turns out there's only 300. The internet works in very mysterious ways, and I think Tony Khan and the rest of All Elite Wrestling know that. Uh, <laughs> so only time will tell, but certainly if he does show up on WWE, it's going to happen. It's happening like soon. Like, yeah, he'll he, be there for WrestleMania. He'll be in a match in Mania if it does happen, and if not, uh, he'll show back up at Revolution. <laughs> yeah, I don't think 
uh, yeah, that would be bad. If he was like the mystery guy for the ladder match. <laughs> oh my Cody god, that would up. be the, the biggest <laughs> fucking. That would be. Yeah. yeah, that would be bad heat and a bad. That would give you bad will with your fans. I think. Yeah, that really to would lie to them and give them that. Uh, but, anyways, there was one other pretty big piece of news give it that went on this week, as uh, it has been hotly rumored and being close to confirmed that Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to return for a match at WrestleMania after 19 years. Yeah, this year in Texas, the yeah. Texas Rattlesnake, of course, coming back to his home, will be in Arlington uh, for this year's Mania. We'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to Monday Night Raw. Um, yeah. I think this is a terrible idea. <laughs> uh, I think he could do fine. I don't think they'll over. Yeah, it. but like Goldberg can quote do fine. Are we at the point where we want our WrestleMania matches to be fine? Well, I think Stone Cold is better than Goldberg ever was, and he also hasn't wrestled once in almost 20 years, so people will be dying to see whatever he does. Right, but is it uh, is it the type of thing where, um, depending on the competition, that will really maybe sway us? In that. I think Kevin Owens is the only opponent it's going to be. So now, Xen, right? So if we're talking, uh, if, if this was Stone Cold and Robert Roode, sure, fucking go over on Bobby Roode. See if I give a shit. But going <laughs> over on, this isn't, this isn't somebody who shows up on television sporadically and works house shows. No, this is a star of your program. Is Kevin Owens the guy who you want Stone Cold going over? I think Kevin Owens would love to. He'd say, yeah, hell yeah. Let Austin beat me anytime. Because that is bigger probably than any... This, that would probably be bigger. Losing to Austin would be bigger than his universal title win. You think so? I mean, career-wise, impact-wise, hmm. yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, time will tell if that, you know, if this is the way that things are going to go down. Uh, you just got to hope that it doesn't turn into a Goldberg taker thing. Uh, have Kevin Owens carry the entire match. I'll be very surprised. Uh, how are Stone Cold's knees doing? Do we even know? I mean, he'll throw on the braces, but every time I see him, he looks like he's in great shape still. He's jacked. Okay, time will tell. But, Mike, but suffice say, you are excited for this to happen if it does. Yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting it to be the best match on the show or anything, but like you I don't said, think it'd be like bad you, either. Like you said, just fine. And if no, that, that's <laughs> not even in a bad way. It could be a minimum four star match. Okay, so you you so you're anticipating that this could actually be one of the highlights of either night of WrestleMania. No, I think uh, <laughs> even the, the worst point? match. Then why are we doing it? No, because WrestleMania. I think people well, people people shit on stuff just to shit on it. I think. Most of the time, even the worst WrestleMania match is no lower than three stars. So. Right. Right. So even like a Andre the Giant Battle Royale, that's still going to be decent. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Well, I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, this, this is news. You know, it's, uh, it's something we're going to have to book if that's the way that it's going to go. So, uh... <laughs> Yeah, time time will tell to see if this is the direction we go. Uh, we know Vince will do anything for a pop, so yeah. I mean that's def that's definitely in uh, that's definitely in their favor. Yeah. Either way, 
from this time last week at uh, WrestleMania now might have Stone Cold and Cody Rhodes, and who would have guessed that? I mean, yeah, who had that on their uh, who had the, who had that on their bingo card? <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's all the big news. Unless you have anything else? No, I think that's the biggest. And that's the biggest news we've had on the show uh, for a long, long time. Yeah, had to give that its own moment, of course. Anything else that pops up, we mentioned throughout the show and through tweets of the week and all that fun stuff. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So let's uh, let's get into the rest of the week then, shall we? Like you just said, we celebrate achievements on a weekly basis here. Uh, let's crown a brand new Tweet of the Week champion. It's the Tweet of the Week. It's the Tweet of the Week. Right, the Super Bowl is behind us, and when it comes to... Uh, when it comes to the, the the greatest of all time, let alone in the Super Bowl or football in general, everyone's mind goes straight to Tom Brady. Tom Brady, the mm-hmm. GOAT, ta- throwing those passes. However, Tom Brady, as perfect as a player he might be, even he throws some interceptions from time to time. That isn't the case uh, for this week's Tweet of the Week champion, Mark Yeaton. Mike, does his Yeaton. name ring a bell to you? Uh, it sounds familiar. Well, you might remember him. Uh, he, he might just be a retired former WWE employee now, but back in his heyday, we are talking Mark Eaton, WWE timekeeper and responsible for throwing Stone Cold Steve Austin his beers. <laughs> Every, night in, night out for years and years and years. This tweet goes, uh, Tweet Look Champion goes out to Mark Eaton. Everybody talking about Tom Brady, but we're not talking about the true goat. <laughs> over 1,000 touchdowns to Stone Cold, no interceptions, countless overtime heroics, <laughs> multiple championships, easy first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, Mark Eaton, who <laughs> wow. I, I mean, you know, you, you never, you never know what the, you never know what Vince is going to ask you to do, right? You might not, you might, you, you're not just going to be ringing a bell. You might be asked to toss no. around a couple beers sometimes. <laughs> and he's really uh, proud of himself. Uh, apparently, he's really All proud of himself. Uh, shout out to Mark Eaton. Not in the Hall of Fame yet, but uh, hey, never say never, right? Yeah. I mean, if Stone, very, Col- if Stone uh, Cold's come back to Mania, someone's going to have to toss him those beers. Get Eaton back in the fold. <laughs> And a very appropriate name, Yeaton, as people yeet stuff all over the place. There are ye- these, these Texas kids are yeeting every day. Eating every day. Yeah. Uh, but that was your tweet of the week. So, uh, yeah, Mark Eaton, out of nowhere. <laughs> out of, out of nowhere. So let's get into the rest of our weekly action. Then uh, let's kick off the show with a little bit of All Elite Wrestling Rampage. Rampage. On the February 11th edition of the show, of course, uh, we did hear that Hook is back in action, so that'll be a, he's a sight for sore eyes. But we kick off the show with a tag team match with the Young Bucks taking on Rapunky Vice, of course, the team of Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero over there from New Japan. And what a way to kick off the show. Yeah, the classic rivalry between these two over there in Japan. And uh, yeah, it showed the chemistry, the just... 
yeah, the fun back and forth, fast paced match, lots of flippy shit, but everyone loves that stuff. And uh, at one point, the Bucks they go after Orange Cassidy, but he rolls into the ring, and then out comes Danhausen, and uh, he does his whole pointing, cursing you type of thing. And uh, I want to see more though. Uh, we need like a promo or a match from this guy because I feel like of Danhausen, the audience is still kind of confused. They're like, "Yeah, who is this guy?" Well, Mike, yeah, you, you, you got to get on the socials, right? You got to, you know, he has his own <laughs> YouTube channel. He's on, he's on episodes of BTE. He's kind of all over the place. If you want to get a sense of the guy, you know, just got to do a quick uh, Google search of him. No, I know, but I want the people. I want everyone. Oh, uh, okay, see. yeah, just, you want everyone to be on board. Just a match or a promo, just a little one. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get it soon, I'm sure, but. Uh, anyways, the action continues, you know, just a bunch of big near falls, Rapongi, they go for a doomsday device, but, uh, when they hit the clothesline, Matt lands right on his feet, which allows the Bucks to hit the Melter driver, but that pin gets broken up, uh, but not much later, the Bucks are able to hit the BTE trigger, get the win, but, uh, yeah, like you said, just a hot match there, great way to open the show Great way to open uh, the show, like we said. I think at the end of the match, Orange Cassidy standing ringside. Jay White ends up taking him out um, after yeah. the match was all over. And to me, this has six-man tag at Revolution written all over it. Yeah, why not? That could be a fun match. Yeah, or uh, poss a, a possible, um, you know, maybe throw the likes of Red Dragon on this team, Chuck Taylor, uh, Wheeler Yuda. <laughs> hey, then just fucking make it a ten man. You know, it's this could this could turn into a uh, six, eight, ten man very very quickly. Um, and that could be one of those opportunities where we see Danhausen for the first time. He can wrestle. In yeah. sorry, in that he knows how to wrestle. Uh, I don't mean to say that. You know, he's not this. You know, Omega level uh, masterpiece, but he has experience in the ring, and that will also come sometime soon. Yeah, and uh, I think we can all assume, yeah, like Jay White, he's he's here to wrestle. He's not just gonna beat people up and not have a match, right? Yeah, I can. That Blade Runner. I can see him being <laughs> a guy to come in at uh, at Revolution, also part of a uh, part of this six to eight man tag, six to uh, six to ten. Yeah, six to ten. <laughs> uh, next match up here on uh, the card, uh, we do have our women's world champion, Doctor Bert Baker, DMD, taking on Robin Renegade, uh, presumably somebody who's had a lot of experience on Dark and Dark Elevation, but new to me. Yeah, new to me as well. But uh, she does okay. Gets a little bit of offense. She lasted about seven minutes or so, so not too bad for what. Yeah, you know, still a bit of a jobber, but whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Baker just takes over, hits the curb stomp to get the win. Uh, and then afterwards, she puts on the glove, applies the lockjaw, and Robin's mouth was already bleeding. So it just added more to the imagery there. Uh, Thunder Rosa runs out, makes the save, but then Jamie Hayter, Mercedes Martinez attack Thunder Rosa. But then Mercedes and Jamie start to argue. So uh, Britt just grabs them, kisses them both on the head to mm -hmm. calm down. Yep, um, a glorified squash. You know, it could have been a uh, it could have been a quick match for Britt Baker. That was not the case. Um, and interesting to see yeah. Britt Baker here on Rampage instead of our TBS champion Jade Cargill. I feel like she's been sort of the dominant force over there on uh, on on Rampage since uh, since she came in. Yeah, yeah. But I guess you know, 
just because the titles TBS and TNT, they still let them. Yeah, I could, around, I could so. probably confuse people. Maybe that could be it. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> let's next match uh, <laughs> coming out here. We do have Hook, the big anticipation of Hook coming out with uh, Blake Lee, accompanied by everybody's favorite coach, QT Marshall. Um, yeah. I highly doubt that so. QT Marshall could even teach somebody how to wrestle. Uh, or because if he, I can, mean, that's because I, I mean, I, I would go maybe as far to say that QT Marshall needs lessons himself. Uh, <laughs> let, let him, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I feel bad for Blakely. He's making his AEW debut here, and he's already got a point against him just by having Marshall. Yeah, corner, just by so. being a part of it the... Makes me uh, not like him just for that reason alone. Was it the Nightmare and, I mean, Factory? And you're against Hook, too, so it's, yeah. you're, you're in tough here. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're factory, in Hook's world. Even though you're the Nightmare is gone. Cody's gone. No, well. Yeah, so you're in a bad place. Uh, fan favorite Hook. He just does his thing, continues his impressive dominance here in the squared circle, and yeah, he's just all over Blake. So QT jumps on the apron, tries to distract him, but doesn't help much as Hook just continues tossing Blake all around, locks in the red rum to get the tap out win. And we still haven't seen the Hook promo. You know, I couldn't tell you what the, for for life of me what he sounds like. He could have a terrible speaking voice, and that could <laughs> and that could change everything to do with the way he's presented. Uh, but you know, yeah, another kind of glorified squash and certainly accomplishing its goal. But similar to Wardlow, yep. we don't hear Wardlow talk very much. So when when we do, it means something. Uh, whenever we hear Hook talk for the first time, it will presumably also mean something. Yeah, and uh, assuming that'll be when he face whenever he faces his first big real challenge, he'll have to cut promos back and forth. Yeah, whoever that may be, he's kind of just working his way up the ladder. Yeah, don't know who it's going to be yet, but uh, I'm sure there's something in line. Hey, do we think we could see him in the face of the revolution ladder match? Maybe is it too early for something like that? Maybe, maybe a bit early, but who knows? Who knows? Uh, let's go to the main event of this card. Jurassic Express taking on the Gun Club for the AEW World Tag Titles. Uh, but the whole crowd was calling them the Ass Boys, which a lot of fun. Just making them just anger them. Ass Boys. Ass I Boys. Mean, their father's the Ass Man. So he is the Ass Man. That ass would make man, them really the young. Ass Boys. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, match was fine. Not quite as thrilling as that opening tag match, but still solid action here. And uh, the Gun Club go on a roll. Colton pins Jungle Boy, puts his feet on the ropes. Aubrey doesn't see it. So Christian has to jump up and knock the feet down. So this causes Billy Gunn to go after Christian. And then Billy's arguing with Aubrey while the guns, they grab the title belt, nail Jungle Boy in the head with it, make the cover. But Jungle Boy is able to just kick out a 2.9. So they almost stole one there. Uh, Luchasaurus then grabs Colton, chokeslams him over the barricade into the crowd. Uh, Christian takes out Billy Gunn with a spear. So now Austin is all alone with Jungle Boy. And Jungle Boy hits the kill switch to get the three. So, inheriting Christian's finisher. Inheriting Christian's finisher. Christian hasn't been in a singles match, actually, since... Uh, oh, sorry, he hasn't won a singles match since he won the Impact title from Kenny Omega. So, it's been a while since we've seen him in the ring. Maybe it is time he, uh, you know, gives his finisher away to, 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 to the new crop yeah. coming up. Maybe there's an injury there. There could be something. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's uh, he's certainly made a 
Marco Stunt irrelevant. We haven't seen that guy in a long time. I haven't seen Marco Stunt. Christian's now kind of the manager. Yeah. I haven't seen Marco Stunt at all. Their manager too. Uh, but, you know, it's so hard. Yeah. It must be so hard to book uh, a belt after you move it over to somebody. Um, because everyone kind of does a shitty job at it. <laughs> it doesn't matter what company it is, right? I mean, we whether it's something like uh, Apollo Cruz's run with the IC title, right? It was mm-hmm. getting there is the battle, and then once you get there, it's like foot off the gas. Or I think <laughs> about it too sometimes with this tag team championship right here. Or even Hangman, Hangman Adam Page had a great match last night. That was, or sorry, last week rather. That was his first match since beating Kenny Omega in the first place. It's so getting us there and making the triumph occur is always such a great feeling. And then we just put the car in neutral and let go. These AEW tag team championships feel like we're kind of in neutral right now. Getting us there was such a big deal. And now, what happened to weekly challenge? What happened to like, uh, <laughs> remember when Cena did his like weekly US challenge thing? What's the, just fucking do that. Yeah. Do that with a, with a new team, with a new belt for a fucking month. Keeps them on TV, keeps them hot, keeps them relevant while you're thinking of something else to do. Uh, it must be, it must be really hard to try to navigate all those waters. Yeah. And I mean, the gun club is not the hottest opponent, hottest feud, and they've been going at it for like a month now, so. I mean, hey, maybe you, maybe you uh, gotta yeah. at least applaud him for staying on something for a month, right? That's better <laughs> than just ditching it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, who are they gonna face at Revolution who's kind of climbing up the ladder to- um, yeah, I, mean, it feels like, don't, uh, I don't have the power rankings in front of me. However, it is a triple threat, which is something that we don't see very often uh, in All Elite Wrestling. We haven't seen many triple threat matches for championships uh, short of, yeah, I, think, that could be fun. I think when it, Kenny, Pac, and Cassidy back at double or nothing uh, may have been the last championship triple threat match we've seen. Or, you know, yeah, multi, multi-man uh, championship match. So uh, we're on the road to Revolution, so we'll get there eventually. Um, and uh, let's keep moving on through the show then, shall we? Because we only have a few shows to go before the big Saudi Arabia return. Uh, so let's get into this week's edition of SmackDown Live. Okay, folks, it's Friday night. It's time for SmackDown Live. It uh, used to be on Tuesday, but then... Uh, I think it was on Friday before, though. No, no, wait. They used to film it on a Thursday and then release it. It's just SmackDown Live. So this week on SmackDown, we pre-taped tomorrow's show immediately after they taped this show. Uh, So the SmackDown that we'll be watching tomorrow will not be live, you know, to avoid that fucking incident from (laughs) whenever the last time we went there or something when shit hit the fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, to avoid that situation, yeah. but this week's edition is right there in front of us. And who starts the show? None other than uh, WWE official Sonya Deville, kicking off this evening's broadcast. Uh, she has That's... her left arm in a sling, following that uh, Fujiwara armbar that Ronda Rousey uh, doled out last Friday, and uh, announces yeah. that Ronda Rousey uh, has been petitioned or has been fined a hundred thousand. Kayfabe bucks. 100,000 bucks, suspended indefinitely. 
but then Adam Pierce comes out and says, wait a minute, Sonia. I got an email from Mr. McMahon that says, uh, Sonia, it comes to my attention that you've been taking matters into your own hands, abusing your power. So your p- petition to suspend Rousey is declined. And for your inappropriate treatment of Naomi, you are not to lay a hand on her tonight, especially during her title match against Charlotte. If you disobey, your job will be in jeopardy. So, uh, knowing this, Naomi comes out, gets right in Sonya's face, makes fun of her a bit, and, uh, yeah, Naomi says Vince never said, I can't lay a hand on you, and just slaps her in the face. Sonya falls down and just has to take it. I didn't know that Vince McMahon uh, knew how to write emails, but uh, he writes them very poetically. Uh, it's not just kind of like a conversation to conversation. It, feel, it felt like an entire business memo, um, yeah. which was uh, which was very, very important. Uh, but yeah, for Naomi, this, this was months in the making. This has still been months in the making for Naomi to stand opposite Sonya Deville. And, uh, you know, to prove the lack of respect that WWE has shown her since uh, last September now at this point. Months. Months. And, uh, yeah, we'll see if it pays off in this main event later on tonight. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Before that, we we got the New Day taking on Los Lotharios. Los Lotharios do this whole kiss cam entrance and kiss some fan in the front row and i use the word fan very lightly yeah because uh, uh yeah. fan in the sense that it wasn't a fan and it was a plant yeah okay. i don't think you can just go and i'm pretty sure you can't covid yeah, you know might be assault COVID's, in some corners covid still a thing uh, anyways yeah match was okay crowd was pretty hot for the new day and uh yeah we got some big dives moonsaults to the floor and kofi goes for a sunset flip but Umberto counters, stacks up Kofi, gets a three count. So a big upset win there for the Lotharios. Uh The Lotharios. Uh, now, did they call them? Uh, no, I was trying to listen to this broadcast, and you never know. I didn't hear them call them the New Day. Was that just me? The, what, they just said Biggie and Kofi? They just kept saying Biggie and Kofi. Biggie and Kingston. Uh, they kind of stayed away from that little, like, New Day moniker. Maybe that was just me. Maybe I was li- maybe I was listening for something that wasn't there. Um, I didn't notice. You so. know, but, uh, but I guess we had this... Wasn't this last week's match also between, between these two teams? Probably. I cannot quite uh. <laughs> remember. But Los Atherios has been uh, giving a push, but... They're constantly pushed and pulled and pushed and pulled. It's so hard to say if, you yeah. know, is, does this mean anything or is this TV filler time? Yeah, I don't think it means anything. Probably not. Uh, but we get Aaliyah taking on Natalia. Their little feud here. Uh, we have a dungeon-style match. Pit, pinfalls and submissions only. So, only way to win. Aaliyah's in there looking pretty good, though. Frustrating the veteran Natalia, but uh, eventually Natty gets the sharpshooter locked in. Aaliyah crawls to the ropes, but Natty does not have to break the hold because there's no DQ. So with nowhere to go, Aaliyah just taps out and suffers her first loss here on the main roster. 
Damn it, Aaliyah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think bad. I think after the I think after the match, Natalia standing, uh, she 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 keeps the beatdown going on Aaliyah. Eventually, Zia Lee comes off and makes the save. Uh, pretty much making Natalia, you know, kind of like full bred heel at this point. You know, hopefully we can put over some of these younger stars. Are we not allowed to call it like a heart dungeon style match? Uh, I don't know. To me, that would just add a little bit more pedigree to the match itself because I I love the idea. No DQs, n- no countouts. You know, nothing like that. It's got you just got to fucking finish the match. I love that idea. Uh, maybe we can just call it the heart dungeon style. Maybe that's not allowed. Maybe that's yeah, I mean, over yeah, the copyright. Sure. Maybe Brett holds that co- <laughs> the heart dungeon. Uh, maybe he holds that copyright. Well, she's a night heart, so maybe it's not. You know, you're a night heart. A night heart. heart dungeon Nad- style. <laughs> Natty night heart. <laughs> yeah, that we could do. That we can do. Safe. Book it. Uh, Sammy Zane comes out for an episode of In Zane. And he brings out his guest, Rick Boogs, Shinsuke Nakamura. And Sammy tells Nakamura, I've been number one contender for your belt for six weeks now. What's going on here? You've been ducking me. But finally, I get my match next week. So they exchange words, insults. Boogs grabs the insane microphone to respond. Because I've got these fancy microphones now with the logo and everything. But when Boogs grabs the microphone, uh, he gets an electric shock. So he's zapped. And then when Nakamura checks on Boogs, Sammy attacks from behind. Yeah, I think Gibson. They're really, they're really going all out on this electric sound effect the last month. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Sami Zayn lays him out with a haluva kick, I think, at the end uh, of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Happy Corbin took on Cesaro. and Yeah, nothing important here. Crowd's still behind Cesaro, even though we almost never see him these days. It's just, just sad. And, uh, yeah, Corbin hits him with the end of days, gets the clean win. Didn't even need help from Madcap. Poor Cesaro. Oh, poor Cesaro. I wonder when the last time Cesaro had a singles win, uh, especially in front in front of a live crowd. Uh, September third. Okay. Uh, yeah, mm. Baron Corbin. He's there. It's great that uh, Moss wasn't there with him because Baron Corbin. We've said it before. You know, <laughs> underrated worker. He's there every single week, week in, week out. There's got to be something to him. He's maybe he's yeah. safe. Maybe that's what it is. Everyone feels very safe with Baron Corbin. I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't really do anything too high risk. The end of days is... It's a cool... And and, and end of days in a deep six is a cool move. Yeah. And it's nothing too dangerous. Not dropping you in your head or anything. Yeah. So, anyways. uh, Either way, I still feel bad for Cesaro. But... Uh, during the show, we had separate sit-down interviews with Michael Cole and Roman Reigns and Goldberg, but nothing really to take away from that. They're fighting in Saudi. That's all you need to know. Uh, yeah, pretty much, right? I think the biggest takeaway is Roman pretty much scoffs at the mention of Lesnar's name. Uh, you know, don't even mention his name <laughs> as the same breath as me. That yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, but Goldberg, who cares? Who cares? But let's get to something to care about here. This main event. We've got the SmackDown Women's title on the line. Charlotte Flair defending against Naomi. Huge opportunity here. Uh, Sonya Deville cannot interfere, as we've been told. 
So yeah, hot crowd. A lot of them rooting for Naomi here, but Charlotte getting some woos. She always gets some woos. Uh, and yeah, lots of time for this match. At least 15 minutes here and just real competitive. Two super athletic women here. Big dives, corkscrews to the floor. Uh, Naomi picking up some big near falls, just pulling out big moves. Some we don't even see from her before. And uh, yeah, but she still just can't put Charlotte away. So goes for the finisher, the split-legged moonsault. But again, Charlotte kicks out. Uh, Charlotte's able to fight back, go on a little roll. And she hits the natural selection, gets the win, retains the title. In what was a uh, damn good match of the year type candidate. These women got almost 20 minutes to go at it. Yeah, this is certainly the best women's match I think I've seen this year. And one of the best matches overall. And uh, maybe Naomi's best match of her career. Could be. Yeah. Just a very, just a, yeah, damn good match. I wouldn't have minded if she won, obviously. But uh, wasn't her night. Uh, Sonya Deville gets in the ring afterwards to mock her. But Naomi beats her up. Uh, but then Charlotte jumps on Naomi, helps Sonya, so the two of them beat her down. But then Ronda Rousey comes out, knocks Charlotte out of the ring, grabs Sonya, goes to break her other arm. But Charlotte's able to pull Sonya out at the last second to save her. So Ronda Rousey stands tall with Naomi. And then they later announce that uh, we're going to get a tag match in Saudi. Charlotte and Sonya versus Ronda and Naomi. Wow, so. huge. Three <laughs> women's matches on the card for yeah. this weekend, at least. It's like just so far. Yeah, and that's pretty big. I mean, Naomi just had one of her biggest matches and getting to be on a team with Ronda, that's another big spotlight for her. So rewards come to those that are good. That's another huge deal. Give Ronda Rousey some in-ring work, you know, because we probably won't see her performing on SmackDown before Mania. No. Uh, we know that Vince doesn't no. like to do that. However, breaking his own rules of uh, competitors can't touch each, can't touch each other uh, before uh, before the big match, you know, I'm sure uh, Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair will have their in-ring moments together this weekend. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, this match was fantastic. Awesome match. Yeah. Main event. Yeah, main event and quality. That was SmackDown. That was your entirety of yeah, your SmackDown. Let's move our way through the weekend uh, where Matt Cardona won the NWA championship. Heavyweight championship. Yeah, he beat former WWE wrestler Trevor Murdoch, I believe. Uh, yep. So, yeah, just having this great, continuing his great indie run, really kind of rebuilding his brand. Yep. So now I think... Uh, you know, when he first became a free agent, he came into AEW for a couple matches, but if he were to come back now, he'd have way more buzz, and I think the crowd would be way more behind him. So You know, he'd ha- and he'd have yeah, a couple, really uh, he'd have a Impact and an NWA championship on him uh, also. So that's a big yeah. deal, too. And, you know, he, exactly. He, you know, and you never know what else he could have. He was already a GCW champ. He could be an ROH champ. He could do anything. Yeah, he could do anything he wants. So our weekend is through, and let's make ourselves over to uh, to Monday, the Valentine's Day edition of Monday Night Raw. Let's get raw. Let's get raw. Yeah, uh, Bobby Lashley comes out with MVP. 
just kind of cut no promo about Elimination Chamber coming up, defending his title inside. Uh, Seth Rollins interrupts with a beautiful snakeskin suit. Uh, and then Riddle interrupts wearing a toga because he's hosting the uh, RK Broga party tonight. He's also got his hair braided, so that's new. Uh, crowd likes it, though. They're chanting toga, toga. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Riddle, I don't know. He just starts rambling, talks about being locked in a gas station bathroom at some point. Austin Theories comes out. AJ Styles comes out. Compliments Riddle's toga. So Riddle invites him to the toga party. And, uh, of course, the cowboy himself comes out. Brock Lesnar uh, with the big hat. Uh, <laughs> he just gets in the ring, takes off his hat and coat, and just puts it on Austin Theory like he's a coat rack. And, uh, yeah, he just... Brock gets right in Lashley's face. Theory tries to jump him, so Lesnar beats him up and yeah, stands tall there. Pretty much stands tall. We and so we see this all the time, right? When WWE has a big match with multiple participants, whether it be a chamber, whether it be a Money in the Bank, we'll always get the on the go home show. The all the participants in the match, or sorry, in the ring doing promo segments, you know, where they each uh, they each get a few sentences and then they're interrupted in these sort of regular intervals by the other person who's going to be in the match who gets a couple sentences and then they get another one, you know, they go on and on and on. And so we've seen this before, right? <laughs> so you kind of have something to compare it to. And in this case, this one just was just kind of a little bland. Uh, just because we know it's... Yeah, very, no, it, my just, favorite it, part was... Just- mm-hmm. Just the the formula the cowboy, of it yeah, all. Well, favorite. yeah, you liked the cat, the, the cat, the cat uh, hat rack or whatever. Yeah, it just felt a little That's too made it for formulaic. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I guess we did need to see Brock Lesnar yeah. show up. He had to. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, but didn't really add anything to the the hype of the match. It's a chamber match. We know what to expect. A little yeah, bit fun. Exactly. Let's. Let's go to some in-ring action. Street Profits taking on Dirty Dogs. Uh, we also had a special appearance. Tommaso Ciampa uh, doing some commentary there. That's so, cool. Starting to kind of dip his toes in the water here on mm-hmm. the main roster. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the match itself was fine. Well, not the first or the last time we'll see these teams go at it. Uh, partway through, Ziggler goes over to talk trash at Ciampa. So Ciampa splashes a drink at his face. And then back in the ring, Ford hits a frog splash, gets the win. Uh, and then Ziggler super kicks Ciampa and runs off. Yeah, uh, so maybe not the main roster debut we thought for Tommaso Ciampa. If anything, it felt maybe slightly lackluster. Because uh, it was just yeah. last week that Ciampa was on uh, NXT, right? And then I think Ziggler came out, but... Uh, who thought the first time we'd see Shimasa Ciampa on the main roster in a kind of like, hey, this is me situation, uh, would be on commentary? Yeah, it was weird. Probably could have, uh, had a better use of him than that. But who knows? I don't know. Maybe the only reason he's there is to continue the feud down on NXT rather than the other way around. Yeah, know. that could be it. Maybe, yeah, we're thinking maybe too main roster heavy. We're not thinking about, uh the other brand yeah Yeah. don't know uh but we go backstage to this rk broga party and it's you know like all those college movies yoga parties everyone's dressed up drinking out of red cups they're playing beer pong uh but randy's not there 
Randy's, you know, he's got a match later, so he's in his dressing room taking things serious. Yeah, Randy's too old for this shit. He's like 42 or something. <laughs> uh, cut him some slack. He doesn't want to be hanging out with a bunch of 28-year-olds. Uh, so I don't blame him. Matt Riddle, though, is also a little too yeah. old for this shit. He's like 36. So, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but let's go to the U.S. title match. Damian Priest defending against AJ Styles. And uh, it was pretty good. I mean, it didn't go that long, but we got some good action in there. And uh, Styles was in control. Goes for a phenomenal forearm, but Priest avoids it. Hits a kind of a sloppy sunset flip, but he gets the three count off of that to retain. So, uh, yeah. I mean, no DQ this time, but still a little, little underwhelming of a finish there. Yeah, a little underwhelming. Like you said, I think the time uh, the time restraint had to do about it. You know, we're going to see a uh, a very long gauntlet, or uh, an appropriately long gauntlet match uh, later on in the show. Yeah. So this is probably, you know, where we had to uh, lose something. I mean, I would maybe have chosen, you know, if I were to look at the card afterwards, I would maybe have chosen something else to maybe get rid of to maybe make this match <laughs> a bit longer because I don't think this is the end for these two guys. Like, Priest has been on... He, uh, he's been showing signs of this is the end of his reign. He's been showing those signs. And what better than AJ Styles to be mm-hmm. the one to pluck it from his uh, little fingers? <laughs> Yeah, that would be fun. I mean, both these men need something to do at WrestleMania as well. So Exactly. Who knows? Uh, we go back to Alexa Bliss therapy session. And once again, her transform- transformation just continues, looking more and more like the old Bliss every day. Her hair is fully down. She's got the pink lipstick instead of black. Yeah, she's looking more and more uh, like an that- adult every single week, uh, which <laughs> I'm so on board for. Yeah, so the therapist pulls out the torn-up remains from the real Lily doll, and this is his gift to her so she can be at peace. And Then he pulls out the replica Lily doll and says, I have an idea. And, uh, yeah, I think we go back to them later, and he's just, uh, they ended up putting the stuffing from the real Lily inside the replica Lily, and, uh, the doctor's like, here, keep this doll with you at your side. And, uh... Yeah, so I guess she's healed. She's got the doll at her side now, and then uh, she grabs Lily, says, Let's go. We're back. Hey, isn't there an open spot in the Elimination Chamber? And that's where they announce it. Alexa Bliss is in the chamber. Some women have to earn their spot through gauntlet matches. Others can just kind of get it. And uh, we kind of get back-to-back both of those things going down. Uh, it would have been really funny to see, uh, you know, we're in the, we, we have a gauntlet. Why not throw Alexis in the gauntlet? But I guess it's bigger news to have her in-ring return to be at the chamber. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think it's a good pick. Good mystery. Well, it's not a mystery anymore, but yeah. Good to have her back. Yeah. We'll see which incarnation she wrestles as. But uh, Omos takes on Cedric and Shelton who they come out with the Hurt Business stuff. Like, they got it on their gear and their graphics, but they don't even seem like they're in the group. So I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, I haven't heard MVP say their names in time. Sometime. Yeah. Anyways, Omos destroys them. 
gets the win, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah there you, there but, you go. <laughs> yeah, th- so I think I, I, if I'm making my only picks, Omos is winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Probably. Yeah, at this point, because, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like he's going to get any sort of bigger feud than that, which, uh, yeah, so that's really all there is for him to do. Yeah. Uh, Adam Pierce comes out to the ring, brings out Becky Lynch and Lita for the good old contract signing. Uh, but Becky is just looking real disheveled here. Uh, tries to convince convince Lita not to have this match. Uh, but the crowd disagrees, and so does Lita, so she signs the contract. Becky's pissed off. She signs as well. Yeah, they exchange some more words, and Becky just kind of sulks off. Yeah, weird one. Uh, especially coming out of the Rumble, I thought Lita Charlotte was the next play coming out of the Rumble. Uh, but I guess this is great. It, it's just it's going to be great to see what is now three women's matches uh, on the card in Saudi Arabia. I think that's the biggest takeaway here. Yeah, that'll be it'll be fun. They've uh, yeah, apparently down in Saudi they got like big billboard up with Lita and Becky, so it's going to be a big match for them. And that's cool. We'll see. Yeah. But let's get to this gauntlet match uh, where the winner gets to enter the women's elimination chamber last. So, little advantage there. Uh, We start off Rhea Ripley taking on Nikki Ash, just kind of continuing their feud. Uh, They go back and forth until Rhea hits the riptide, gets a three, eliminates Nikki. So, Liv Morgan comes out next, and she puts up a pretty good fight. Hit some nice moves there, but Rhea catches her with a riptide for another elimination. So up next we have Dewdrop. This is where the the battle of the powerhouses come in here, and kind of the crowd's getting pretty hot at this point as the match goes on. And uh, yeah, they slug it out. Rhea has her Hulk Hogan moment, picking up Dewdrop, hits her with the riptide for the three count. Pretty big pop there when she hit that move. Everyone's getting a everyone's getting a Hogan on uh, <laughs> on Dewdrop here. I love it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then of course the last one, Bianca Belair comes out to take on Ripley, and yeah, Rhea in tough here, been in it since the beginning, and uh, but even with the fatigue, she still puts up a good fight. But Bianca is just too much for her. Hits a glam slam. And then the K- the KOD to get the win. So Bianca will enter the chamber last. But uh, excellent performance here by Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Shows uh, that how was good it. she is. 44 minutes she spent here in the ring. Uh, wow. Yeah. She's taken huge leaps and bounds from when we would have seen her. And she's been in the spotlight for a little while now, right? Since uh, her and Charlotte were going at it for that NXT championship there. NXT women's championship. Uh, yeah. you know, this is uh, this is a step in the right direction. Whether that means whether we're gonna be possibly seeing a uh, triple threat at WrestleMania, you know, if if some of us are thinking, you know, hey, Bianca Belair, Becky, that feels like the rematch we can get behind. I feel like Rhea Ripley after tonight's performance, she deserves to be in that conversation as well. I mean, yeah, it was definitely a big showcase reminder of her great talent and. Yeah, the crowd will buy into her if you give her a chance. So, who knows? Now, has this ever happened where uh, there's some kind of gauntlet match to determine 
who's the last entrant, whether it's in a chamber or in a battle royal or like something to that effect. Um, let's say the chamber, right? There's some kind of gauntlet. Hey, you, you're last. And everyone's like, yeah. But then on the chamber day, you know, when we get that bird's eye view and the lights are going off. And then it just like goes to that person third and they're like, what the hell? What the hell? I'm not supposed to come in until later. Has that ever happened? And then some kind of like, you know, behind the scenes. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. 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 I, I wasn't I sure. If it was so. like, you know, some kind of because that to me seems like the type of shit that retribution should have been doing. You know, somebody's like, I'm last. <laughs> I'm last at the chamber. And then they come in third. And they're like, what? But the light shined on me and the, yeah. and the, and the window came down. I don't know. Yeah. No, it could happen, but I don't think it does. Yeah, you haven't seen but, it. Okay, uh, okay. Just curious. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, great match. Bianca shows respect after, hugs her, raises her hand. So good stuff there. Uh, back to the Toga Party, Alpha Academy. They crash it, ruin everyone's fun, leave Riddle laid out. Uh, and then, yeah, it's Valentine's Day, so of course we had Reggie and Dana going out for dinner but uh neither of them think it's a date or they don't know we don't know what's going on 24 7 gag will show up and reggie turns on dana rolls her up gets a three wins the title yeah i certainly don't know what's going on if you're asking me but nobody is yeah doesn't no one no one cares it's the 24 7 so let's go back to the ring the mysterios take on the alpha academy with Miz and maurice on commentary for whatever reason uh yeah match itself ended up being pretty good and uh miz tries to interfere so Ray's takes him out dominic jumps at gable with a cross body but gable catches him and rolls through into a pin and he grabs the tights so he gets the three uh and then the miz attacks the mysterios after so he's just jumping from feud to feud from feud to feud without without care in the world yeah <laughs> So, uh, yeah, not much to say about that. No. Uh, the main event was Seth Rollins taking on Randy Orton, who, uh, yeah, these two are no strangers at all. So the wrestling is solid as expected, and, uh, yeah, match is decent. Orton goes on a roll. He hits the RKO, but then Gable and Otis come running out. Uh, but Riddle follows behind, attacks them. Orton comes out to help Riddle. But then he slides back into the ring, right into a curb stomp from Rollins. And that gives Seth the win. Yeah, and you know, then this was a this was a great, you know, just a good heel baby face type thing, you know, where we're we're cheering for both at different times, depending on the cool thing that they're about to do. Uh yeah. you know, but um but Seth Rollins uh, ends up going over here on this night, you know, uh, solidifying. He has to be somewhere important for WrestleMania. He has to be. He has to be, but it's hard to guess where it's right now. It's so hard to put where that would be. Or is maybe that, is that the Cody Rhodes match? Cody Seth at Mania? That could be hot match, yeah. That can be I, don't, I don't know though. You heard it here first, <laughs> Vince. Yeah. Book Vince. it. Uh but uh yeah. This was a great week for women's wrestling on the Maze roster. You had forty five minute gauntlet here, a twenty minute main event on SmackDown, and yeah. Uh, hopefully Saudi Arabia will get a great show as well. So yeah, women's wrestling's looking pretty strong. 
Yeah, our main roster women's performances looking better than ever heading into uh, Saudi Arabia, which is a terrible place. Uh, Mike, we should take a break right about now. Yes. And then we'll come back with uh, the whole second half of the week's action. Of course, we got Dynamite. Of course, we have this year's edition of Vengeance Day. Uh, So you are definitely going to want to stick around. Back here on the True Brothers Wrestling Podcast, folks. Part two. Thanks for sticking out here. Through the break, we're rolling on to the week. Through the week, we're going to Saudi, and uh, things have never been bigger here on the show. Frantically refreshing Twitter to see if Cody Rhodes has signed elsewhere. Uh, refreshing every 90 seconds or so. Uh, so far, no information. However, if something were to occur, uh, I, I yeah. mean, knowing our luck, uh, three and a half or four minutes after we start recording, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll hear the news. Uh, <laughs> knowing at least yeah. our show's luck. Yeah, but uh, he is a free agent, so there's no sort of non-compete or anything like that. He can show up on any moment, any show. Do we know if these AEW contracts come with no complete compete clauses? Is that pretty standard in the professional wrestling world? Uh, I really have no idea. Uh, a lot of people say the WWE's ones aren't even really enforceable, but no one tries to challenge them in court anyways because they don't have the resources. Yeah, the only people who could would have to have enough money in the first place and all that sort of yeah. nonsense. So let's get into... Uh, Let's keep rolling through the week then, shall we? Um, Let's get into this week's edition uh, of NXT 2.0. NXT, what does it mean? I don't know, but it's good wrestling. So NXT, watch and see. Got to tap out a count out of one, two, three. Where they have set the stage uh, for their latest big show, Vengeance Day. Uh, we will see um, several championship clashes. Now, Mike, are we on the road to a takeover? Do you think we'll maybe see a takeover uh, on Mania weekend? Yeah, they have announced uh, we are getting our stand and deliver is making a return. Uh, but it's kind of weird so because WrestleMania is two nights once again, but the takeover is going to take place on Saturday afternoon before the first night of wrestling weird time for weird time for wrestling folks but uh that doesn't matter it'll be great to see some of these guys uh and gals on a larger stage which is really you know i'm assuming i that i'm assuming i guess there's a chance it could be in the capital wrestling center there's a chance it could just be from the cwc and then just like live still live or maybe even pre-taped still live but, I mean, hopefully they, they go on tour and book it in an arena. Yeah. A smaller arena. I don't know. Also, uh, also coming up after this week's edition of NXT 2.0, uh, they're bringing to us a new product, NXT Level Up. Yeah. So this is the rebranding of 205 Live. 205 Live is dead and gone, and Level Up it will be pretty much the same thing. Yeah. I Well, I, for, I see it more as a, um, like a dark kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, obviously cruiserweights don't mean anything anymore and the title doesn't even exist. So it'll just be it, a show for those that we don't see as much. Now, is, is this something that will be uh, um, uh, televised in any capacity? 
I mean, maybe. I don't know if it's a network show. I mean, there might be some channels that get it, like main event, but no one's going out of their way to watch it either way. Yeah, it'll be hard. I think I saw the lineup. Harland was in the opening match. Yeah, on, uh, it'll be guys like, guys like Kushida. Guys like that. Guys well, hopefully not fucking Kushida. Geez. I mean, we like Kushida, but I mean, and 2.0 doesn't really have a spot for him these days. No, not really. But uh, uh, let's I get mean, who knows? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Never maybe know. check out one episode to see if it's for your <laughs> if it's to your liking. Uh, maybe not. Uh, Vengeance Day is here though, our second ever. Uh, we start off with this little video of Toxic Attraction just kind of having a group text, and Tony D'Angelo was trying to get in their DMs or something. I don't know. It was something. Weird. It's v- it was very uh, TikTok kids can relate. Yeah, um, it was, you know, if you're if you're if you're a person out there who's never slid into a DM, <laughs> uh, this probably didn't land. But maybe if you have before, it has landed. Uh, but we kick off the show actually with a big match, a big yeah. old matchup. Uh, we have Peter Dune taking on Tony D'Angelo in a weaponized steel cage match. Um, <laughs> Tony D'Angelo uh, comes out of a brand new, brand spanking new Maybach. Um, possibly illustrating his confidence in his success uh, in the matchup. Yeah, looking extra sharp, possibly spending the winner's purse before he's even acquired it. But, uh, yeah, weaponized steel cage, like we said. So the cage is the standard stuff, but we got some chairs, kendo sticks, trash cans, all kinds of stuff just attached to the walls. And, uh, yeah, they don't waste any time picking those weapons off. Uh, Tony hits a big falcon arrow uh, to Dunn, crushing a trash can underneath. And then he reaches into a toolbox. But when he's got his hands in, Dunn slams it shut right on the fingers and then stomps the box down on his digits. So that's got to be a carefully gimmick box to be able to do that. Well, we know that Peter Dunn (laughs) uh, has a distaste for fingers. Yeah, a very... uh, almost a, a fetish he has it's almost a weird yeah serial killer type <laughs> of fixation you know when a serial yeah. killer will take a, a trophy like he takes a finger from all of his victims <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh lots of finger play here uh we got fire extinguishers wrenches uh tony hits a big suplex off the cage wall then he pulls out the zip ties and uh handcuffs done up with it so Dunn's uh trapped and He's able to beat him around. Dunn's taking power bombs with his arms behind his back. Can't even protect himself. Still taking these big bumps here. Jesus. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and then Tony, uh, yeah, what we get, uh, or he tries to put, uh, or he tries to power bomb him through a table, but uh, Dunn escapes, crawls over to a toolbox, and he's able to pull out some pliers and just cut off the zip tie and uh, then he grabs Tony and he power bombs him through the table in the corner. Uh, pulls out the cricket bat and then he just smashes it, breaks it in half over Tony D'Angelo and uh, hits him with the bitter end. But Tony kicks out. So Dunn goes at him with the crowbar, but Tony low blows him, hits his finisher, but Dunn kicks out of that. So both men giving it everything they have here. Crowd's getting wild and. Uh, they both grab crowbars and they swing it at each other like a big sword fight. But uh, Dunn gets the better of Tony. Hits another bitter end. Gets the three. Nice hard-fought match. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. 
Yeah, and and this and you know we've been wondering what Pete Dunn, what what's the deal with Pete Dunn? Do they want him on the main roster? Is he gonna do something here? Because a matchup like this lets me think that he has a true title run in NXT left. Um, yeah, I mean the putting they over these the younger win. putting over these younger guys or you know being put over by these younger guys. That matchup was one hell of a good thing. Um, and kicking out of the uh, the near fall kick out of the bitter end there towards the end, a big sign that Tony D'Angelo is a star in the making. Yeah, and giving and, uh, us the weapons, having kind of a fallback that you know, yeah, he lost, but it was in uh, particularly grooming, grueling circumstances. Well, I was gonna say Tony D. We've only seen him have like ten matches, and three of them we've got this cage match, we had the war, war games, games match, we had the crowbar and the pole match, so. He's 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 showing uh, he can do everything. And this might have been actually possibly the most violent match we've seen here on uh, 2.0. Maybe short of the uh, War Games match, uh, but they've kept things pretty low key when it comes to weapons and uh, tomfoolery and that kind of stuff. So it was it was nice. It was a little refreshing to see that also. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, at least on the weekly TV. Yeah. So. Yeah, good stuff. Hot opener. Mm -hmm. uh, let's move on to the women's tag title match. We got Toxic Attraction defending against Indy Hartwell, Perja Prada. Uh, crowd mostly rooting for Toxic Attraction, I think. But uh, yeah, Mandy Rose is out there. She gets caught interfering, so the ref ejects her from ringside. Yeah, match goes on. Nothing too crazy. Persia just kind of showing off her strength, picking up both Gigi and JC. At the same time, on her shoulders for a double Samoan drop. So, uh, Toxic Attraction decide to team up, take Persia out, and then they isolate Indy, double team her, hit their finisher, and get the win, retain their titles. To retain. You know, there has, there has not been a legitimate threat to these championships, I think, since they've gotten their hands on them. Yeah. Uh, even... Um, God, I can't even think. I don't even know if they've defended them. Yeah, this this may have been one of the first title fences that they even had. Uh, so then maybe by default, it's their best performance as a tag team. <laughs> maybe. Uh, who knows? But we do know that we have this, uh, the, the women's side of the Dusty Cup um, will come, you know, which could mean that culminating possibly at a stand and deliver, we do get... Uh, a segment here where Raquel Gonzalez wakes Cora Jade up at 5 a.m. for a sun-up to sundown workout yeah. uh, training session saying, hey, we're going to do this every single day until um, until the Dusty Tag Team Classic. So, you know, considering they're the only women's team to had this little promo package of theirs or whatever, I'm immediately assuming they're going to win. And yeah. they I mean, will be other. they will be the next challengers. Yeah, I mean, why not? They see uh, a big future in Cora Jade and Raquel's, uh, yeah, nice little coach to have on your side. Yeah, so. very much so. Yeah. Uh, L.A. Knight comes out, gets a big reaction, lots of chance for him. Uh, but then he gets interrupted by Grayson Waller. He's got a bunch of police officers with him, and he wants them to arrest Knight for uh, breaking the restraining order he had placed. But Knight says, hey, buddy, that order says you can't touch me and uh, you can't touch me either. And you broke that. So he tears up the papers and the police leave. Uh, and then Knight just beats up Waller, tosses him out to the bodyguards. 
Uh, his bodyguard. Yeah, I've, ne- I've, I've never seen this before. An arrest segment. This might be new for NXT. <laughs> a segment where someone's getting arrested. Uh, but I guess the end result in, what's, in what is what matters, you know, um, next week. Somebody announced. <laughs> one. Somebody announced. Anyways, we're going to be getting LA Knight and Grayson Waller cut, taking on each other next week. Um, I like how the the police just let them conduct their own investigation. Like, oh, well, he, he gave us the evidence. That's more done. Yeah. <laughs> no detectives needed. No dun-dun. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to go straight. Uh, hey, these guys, these guys have it. Um, this is one of these things, right? Waller needs the win, especially if LA Knight's heading to Monday Night Raw before long or SmackDown. Um, yeah. A, a few of these guys. LA Knight's in the same boat as kind of this Pete Dunne thing right now. And Tommaso Ciampa that, you know, that we've seen. I just, is, is he staying or is he going? Fucking make up your mind. Yeah. Uh, I think one thing he's got, well, over Pete Dunne at least, is the, the talking aspect. I'm sure Vince likes that. He's a great talker. Yes, very much so. LA Knight has, the, has fucking main event heel written on his fucking forehead. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he he really does. Um, if you uh, if you're questioning that, check out some uh, yeah. Search Ellie Knight Impact Wrestling. You could tons, I've watched videos of him on YouTube. He is he is heel class A type of dude, <laughs> and uh, hopefully uh, he can get back to that at some point. But babyface Ellie Knight, why the hell not? Yeah, for now, uh, crowds into it. Mm-hmm. Let's go to our next title match: North American Championship. On the line, Carmelo Hayes defends against Cameron Grimes, and yeah, good stuff here. Crowd mostly behind Grimes, but there were some Carmelo chants going on, some Let's Go Mellows, and uh, yeah, just a good match here, though. Back and forth. Uh, Grimes hits a nice poison run on Carmelo, and at this point, Trick jumps on the apron, so Grimes takes him out, goes for the cave-in to Mellow off the apron. But uh, Trick shoves him out of the way, takes the hit, uh, and that would prove to be critical. As Carmelo's able to bring Grimes back in the ring, beats him all around, and hits the big scissor kick off the top rope to get the win, retain the gold. In a big match. Big match. This might have been, uh, I think this was my match of the night here uh, that we'll see. You know, we have a couple more matches to go. Um, but uh, Carmelo Hayes, I think out of all of these new guys coming up, of course, Braun Breaker is a unanimous shooty winner. He is actually currently your NXT uh, champion, but Carme- um, Carmelo Hayes really kind of flying under the radar directly behind Braun Breaker. You know, if Braun Breaker's a 10, Carmelo Hayes has been performing at a 9.8. Um, he, he's fast, he's energetic, he flies, you know, we had a little bit of a, um, yeah, I can't even think of something that was shitty. I can't even think about something that's shitty with this match. No, the match itself was fantastic. Um, I mean, I was still rooting for Grimes, but. Of course, we're big grimy, we're big grimy fans (laughs) over here. Yeah. I take nothing away from Carmelo. No. He's fantastic and, Yeah. I mean, Grimy, he's not quite at that Pete Dunne, Ciampa level, or he's been around as long as them, but I'm still kind of wondering, where where does he go, Mr. Grimes, you know? You made him cut his hair and trim it up a little bit. Um, 
Yeah. yeah, we could maybe see another match between these two. The chemistry is clearly there. And like yeah. like I just said, Carmelo Hayes is performing like he is the best champion of NXT right now. Um, each match is getting better and better. And uh, hopefully we can see something uh, in both of these guys' futures. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You would have no issues if they went back to this match another time. But let's go to the finals of the Men's Dusty Cup. We got MSK taking on the Creed Brothers here. And uh, I like during the, the Creed Brothers entrance, Malcolm Bivens, he came out with a John Cena towel that says, <laughs> never give up. But then he turns it around and it says, nah, you should. <laughs> so oh, that was funny. funny I like moment. that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Put it, put that. I like it. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, this match, it was uh, uh, pretty good, as expected. Nice clash of different styles here. The big guys versus the high flyers. and Crowd kind of rooting for both teams here. And, uh, yeah, lots of big bumps. Wes Lee gets knocked from the apron, bounces off the announce table, which uh, I don't know if we've mentioned. At some point, they elevated this thing. It's now like six inches off the ground in NXT. It's just, oh, really? Oh. No, I have not. No I have not noticed that. Yeah, whenever they moved it, because now it's also on the same side as the hard camera, and it's like raised up six inches. Huh. It's weird. Okay, I'll I'll have to keep an eye out for that. Yeah, doesn't matter either way. Uh, Carter goes for a suicide dive, but Julius catches him midair, slams him on the floor, and then he throws him back into the ring, hits the huge basement lariat, and that gets the three Creed brothers have won the Dusty Cup. That was a shock for probably both of us. Uh, no, I think, no, yeah, no, I, was, I think I saw them winning, I think. Yeah, Creed Brothers had a fantastic match last week against the, uh, who are the grizzled young veterans, I yeah. think. Um, so they've definitely been on the up and up. And with MSK's still the uncertainty about whether or not fans like them, uh, this could be the right decision, right? Are the Creed Brothers going to be the guys to dethrone Imperium? I think they so. They could be. They could be. Now, there's no there's no announcement as to when this championship match will happen. Uh, no. But stand and deliver. If they're coming up on Mania weekend, um, this could be where it is. And for Malcolm Bivens, if you know, if he can, if the Creed Brothers can take home gold, Malcolm Bivens. Is could be climbing up the ranks as uh, a shooty champion of his own manager of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, you know, Imperium as the NXT Tag Champions are still kind of part of that old guard here. So it's only a matter of time till a 2.0 team comes in and takes that belts. And yeah, and that's the thing. MSK was brought in at the same time as Cameron Grimes and LA Knight. Also, there is like it's like when we think of yeah the old NXT. There's Really, just Champa <laughs> left. Maybe Pete, <laughs> maybe Pete Dunn, but he's a he's almost a tweener between you know the old, the oldest, and the young. Yeah. You know, uh, like if Champa is the grandpa, um, MSK Cameron Grimes, their dad, but uh, Pete Dunn's <laughs> like uncle. You know, he's yeah. kind of he was kind of there, kind of not, and then of course the uh, the young kids uh, coming in. Well, we were just talking about Imperium. They come out to the ring, cut a promo, and yeah, talk about the Creed brothers earning their title shot, and then Gunther 
says it's time for him to get some championship gold here in NXT. So he's going to be watching Breaker versus Escobar very closely. Uh, that's when Solo Sokoa interrupts him. And those uh, third-degree burns on his face have completely healed. Just like that. Wow, just like that. He clearly taking uh, hints from Randy Orton about how to quickly <laughs> fix burns. Yeah, I guess so. That's uh, whatever they got. They should uh, market that shit. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he comes out. Crowd is actually chanting Uso at him. So... Is he actually related to them, or is he just he, Samoan? He must be part. He must be part of the bloodline. <laughs> so yeah, I guess they're all part of the bloodline. Uh, or he will be eventually. Yeah, he but, is. Uh, he is. Okay, I'm seeing cool. younger brother. He's a brother. Yeah. He's the third Uso brother. Is he the third Uso? <laughs> I thought. Is, did you just say he's their brother? Well, I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, he's uh, Rikishi's son. Wow. What if maybe okay could be same father different mother I don't know it doesn't matter they'll all cross paths eventually but Solo says uh, I want to challenge you Gunther and then he walks off so they'll fight coming for Gunther well, to, eh Jesus yeah uh, let's go to the main event though the NXT title on the line Braun Breaker defending against Santos Escobar and. Uh, during Breaker's entrance, he lights a giant. I guess it was last year's Vengeance Day logo. Just lights it on fire before walking out. So he's all about just destroying things from the old NXT. Yeah, ser yeah seriously. Everyone just needs to chill for a second. <laughs> but uh, yeah, another good showing for Breaker here. Rocking some nice uh, tiger stripes on the on the gear. Mm -hmm. I like that. Looks good. Looks good. <laughs> yeah. He was looking good himself, dominating the match early on. So uh, the other members of Legato are jumping on the apron, distracting, allowing Escobar to fight back. and Goes on a roll, but Breaker recovers. So uh, once again, they just keep jumping on the apron. But this time, Breaker just grabs them, tosses them all around. But Electra Lopez jumps up, distracts the ref. Uh, and that's when Dolph Ziggler comes in out of nowhere, nails Breaker with a huge super kick. Escobar makes the cover, but Breaker kicks out. Crowd popped big for that near fall there. It was, uh, that one was close. Yeah, that was a close one. But uh, Ciampa then comes out to intercept, take out Ziggler. So they're brawling. They'll have an official match next week on NXT. Back in the ring, Escobar goes for the Phantom Driver, but Breaker is able to counter. Hits a big spear, and then the military press power slam to get the win, retain his title to retain uh nxt tried to put this one over as a huge title defense never quite got there for me i still don't think i like santos escobar um yeah, like it, he's it, he's and he, honestly he feels just like another andrade where your talk is bigger like you talk this big game you 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 end up being not particularly impressive in the ring, and then we just you're inexplicably rich, and we repeat. Uh, he's on that exact, and you know, and we saw him as that two of as the cruiserweight champion forever, and then he won the unification bout with Jordan Devlin, and the whole time they were building him up like he's this motherfucker, and I'm just sitting here like, prove it. Can you please <laughs> prove it? And uh, yeah. I guess 
Escobar Ziggler, Escobar Walter, is that is that what's happening next or I I have um, no idea cuz he's almost like he's almost like a step uncle. If if Champa and Dunn are the grandpas and Cameron Grimes and MSK are dads, he's in this thing where it's like you're there but like no one really no one really cares. Yeah, the whole group of Legato. Oh, I'm done with the tag portion. I'm <laughs> done. With, I've been done with the two of them for months now. Yeah, I don't even think they've had a proper match. No, well, I, no one cares. No one cares. Uh, enough of the Legato. Uh, that was your NXT 2.0 Vengeance Day. Yeah, that was 2.0. Uh, mostly good, though. Yeah, mostly good. Mostly good. Carmelo Hayes really and uh, the Cameron uh, Cameron Grimes they really took it home for me. If I was thinking my favorite match of the night, so let's move across to uh, the next day. Another brand. Let's get ourselves over to some AEW Dynamite. AEW All Elite. They coming for you, Vince. Better watch out. Too sweet. Uh, where we start off the show uh, the way the, uh, the way that so many shows start these days. CM Punk sitting cross-legged in the middle of the ring. Yeah. And he kind of does a callback to one of his older promos. Says, I'm straight edge. I'm drug-free. I'm alcohol-free. Which some of the crowd actually booed. Just kind of, I mean, yeah, hey, that was a weird one too. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it's we're, like, hey, we're you know. in Nashville, so I have no clue. I don't know what the. I don't know what the game plan's like in Nashville. Yeah, uh, whatever. whatever. I mean, you know, it's. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, then he says that means I'm better than you. So they boo even more. But he's like, yeah, does that sound familiar? I said those words 20 years ago, and uh, talks about how he's inspired this new current generation of wrestlers and. MJF tries to be like me, but he can never think like me. Uh, but you know, you beat me in my hometown. Twice. Uh, but I'm proud of you. And since I won that tag match against uh, FTR next week, I get to pick our rematch. So, uh, or not next week, but for Revolution. And uh, the Stip. Maybe a cage. Nah, I want something else. And he's got this uh, Valentine's box that he opens up for MJF, and it's got a dog collar. So that's the stip, bringing back the dog collar match. He also had a great little rhyme when he went into that, uh, which ended up asking uh, asking MJF to be his Valentine. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it was a good. Yeah, it, was it was a good. It was it, it was it was a good one though. Um, and of course, we haven't seen a dog collar match here in AEW since Cody and Mr. Brody Lee. Yeah, which they did mention. The only mention of Cody's name on the entire show. Now, I had noticed I did not see Cody in the intro credits, you know, or they have, like, you know, the little video package that kicks off the show. However, his face is still front center on that Revolution uh, promo card. Um, oh, I saw that That got edited. Oh, well. that did? Okay, because I did check, I, I swear, just before we recorded the show. Um, yeah, I saw a version where it's Keith Lee in his spot. Okay, yeah, we're going to replace the two. Yeah. So we will see. But, yeah, so pretty much no, uh, no like, farewell message or anything like that. So, yeah, take that for what you will. Okay. okay. But let's move right along because we got Brian Danielson taking on Lee Moriarty who he's uh, kind of trying to recruit here to join this violence group. Uh, we had Sabrina the Teenage Witch at ringside. M- Melissa, <laughs> Melissa Joan, Joan Hart. Hart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That was it. They didn't really know nothing. They just showed her. She was there. I guess she's a fan. Yeah. And then I was trying to think to myself, like, how is she in the mix? Is she is she married? Yeah. Is, is somebody married to her? Like, is there like a writer backstage married to Melissa Joan Hart? I don't know. But she's there. She seemed to be enjoying herself. Yeah. Is Sabrina the Teenage Witch coming back on TBS this fall? Maybe this fall. Know. Check it out. 9 p.m. Thursdays. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyways, Brian, he's healing it up. He goes for the handshake at the beginning, pulls it away. So he's still kind of walking the line here, being a dick, mm-hmm. but being the greatest wrestler. So how can you hate him? Uh, and yeah, just a great match. Standard for Brian. Some awesome chain wrestling. At one point, they both got their arms linked up and they're doing headstands, punching each other upside down. Just crazy stuff. That was a good one. Uh, and uh, Lee, you know, he's winning over the crowd. Got some of them chanting Lee here, but... Uh, uh, I mean, Brian's just so damn good at being a heel as well, so he can get anyone over. But, uh, yeah, Lee puts up a great fight. Brian eventually cuts him off with the Boo Psycho knee, but he doesn't pin him right away. Instead, he grabs the arms and just stomps away at Lee's head, locks in the triangle sleeper, and flexes his arms while Lee passes out. The ref rings the bell. Damn. Damn. And what a match this was, too. And he said it just last week or the week prior, you know, we should be teaching guys like Lee Moriarty, and I'm watching this in the ring. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if I don't know how much teaching he might need, but let's give it to him. <laughs> yeah, no, a fun match here. But uh, Brian grabs the microphone after, says, "I came out here to teach Lee about violence, so I want to know did he pass or fail." And the crowd yells, and he says, ah, "I don't trust the American public with anything." But uh, anyway, I asked Moxley to team with me, and I want an answer. So Mox comes out to a big ovation, and he says, I used to be like that kid Lee, young and hungry, nothing to lose. I took a shot at taking down the American Dragon. And every time I fought you over the years, I, I never beat you. And uh, when you showed up in AEW, everyone was intimidated by the greatest wrestler that ever lived. Big words there. Hard to disagree with, though. It, it honestly uh, might be actually kind of difficult to yeah, put somebody else in that category. And then I could see Brian had a look on his face. Was like, "Hmm, wow, thanks for the compliment." Yeah, kind of. You could tell he appreciated that. But uh, Mox says Brian doesn't want to match with me. He wants to join forces. So I thought about it. How great it could be—a dynasty of unmitigated pure wrestling violence. And uh, you know what we could create—the young guys we could take in, give back to the business, leave a legacy behind. And I'm not going to lie, no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't think of one good reason to say no. So the crowd chants, yes, yes, say yes. Uh, but then I wondered, it's the only reason Brian wants to side with me because he doesn't want to stand across from me? If that's the case, then I've already beat him. So which is it? Uh, I'm not saying yes or no. I'll leave it up to you, Brian. I don't stand side by side with nobody until I bleed with them first. So uh, I guess he's saying, if you beat my ass up, then I'll join you. Or at least bleed alongside him. <laughs> yeah. Early, yeah. Just give me a hell of a fight. Uh, some sort of crazy, maybe a lights out match. Uh, yeah. Either way, we're going to get the Mox versus Brian yeah. that we wanted. And- yeah. Whatever's happening, there is definitely some mileage left in this story between the two of them, whether it's revolution, whether it's before, whether it's after. But this is far from over. Yeah, 
and I'm along for the ride, you know? Of course. Uh, yeah. yeah. This group, this could be a, a two-man power trip that we haven't seen in a long time. It really could be, yeah. Uh, Wardlow up next takes on Max Caster in a qualifier match for that uh, revolution, face of revolution ladder. Uh, Caster survives for a little while. He gets handed the chain, nails Wardlow in the head behind the ref's back, and then he hits the mic drop. <gasps> but Wardlow kicks out. It's a big near fall there. Uh, and then Wardlow just hits him with the powerbomb symphony. You get the win. So he's going to Revolution. Yeah. Uh, Wardlow smashing motherfuckers is never, will never get boring. <laughs> no. And uh, I'd say he's got a chance to win this match as well. Yeah. Match. Between him and Keith Lee, there's a lot of beef. That's a lot of beef. A lot of beef. A lot of beef. And uh, yeah, still some mysteries to come with that. Very much so. Well, we got Tony Schiavone in the ring to interview Hangman Page. Coming off that big title defense, the Texas death match last week. Uh, but Adam Cole interrupts. Says, I'm coming for that title. Uh, you know? So, Hangman says, yeah, Cole. Well, how does it feel to see all your friends leave and build an empire without you? Uh, yeah. Anyways, they just exchange words back and forth, and at the end, Cole says, I'm coming for that belt. Let the best man win, and he walks off. And then Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly attack Paige from behind. Cole comes back in. The three of them beat them down until uh, security, Dark Order, have to run out, interject. Okay, 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 Red Dragon. Haven't seen them, uh, haven't seen Kyle O'Reilly much, actually, since making his debut here, eh? Yeah, not too much. He's still kind of, uh, yeah, just under Adam Cole's shadow at the moment. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, You know, it would be nice to see. Uh, It would, it would just like I don't know with 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 Adam Hangman Page's main event scene right now. I just want it to be going faster. Uh, Kenny was on TV every week. There, he was making a difference. He was tagging with the Bucks. He was tagging with the Good Brothers. Um, and even Adam Cole calls him out. He literally was just like, yo, you haven't spoken to the Dark Order in months. Uh, your yeah. friends who you came to AEW with never talk about you anymore. Uh, it was almost a reflection of how I'm feeling. I'm like, yeah, like, you should be more involved in this. <laughs> yeah, uh, but either way, it seems like that's going to be your title match for Revolution. Yeah. Cole versus Hangman. Could be. So. Yeah. Uh, we go to Chris Jericho, Jake Hager taking on Pride and Powerful. Kind of the uh, the whole inner circle at stake here. Uh, Eddie Kingston coming out to watch at ringside. Uh, Santana and Ortiz looking strong in this match. Looks like they're enjoying. They've beaten down on Chris Jericho, who I got to give him some credit. He appears to have lost a couple pounds here since we last saw him wrestle. Yeah, both and Slightly. both him and uh, <laughs> yeah, the two of them looking great actually. Jake Hager too, clearly in yeah, some Hager kind of MMA I seen form. Him a long time either. Yeah, yeah. so uh, you know maybe they saw John Moxley come back like, wow, the guy's looking good. <laughs> maybe Jericho's like, yeah, maybe I should cut back on the booze too. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, yeah, solid back and forth tag match here. Santana and Ortiz hit the street sweeper, but Jericho's able to kick out of that. So they go for an assisted cannonball in the corner. But Jericho catches Ortiz midair. Transitions right into the walls of Jericho. 
but Ortiz is able to reach the ropes. So, uh, yeah, Eddie Kingston then jumps on the apron to coach Ortiz. Jericho doesn't like it, so he drop kicks him to the floor. And this moment of distraction allows Santana to gain control. Jericho runs at him, tries to hit the Judas effect, but Santana avoids. Uh, Ortiz nails Jericho in the face. Santana follows up with a discus lariat and gets a three count. So huge win. Jericho's stunned. We haven't we we haven't seen Jericho's back on the mat in a long time. Yeah, and I wasn't sure because I didn't play it up like anything. But uh, when Ortiz punched Jericho in the head on the apron, did he have something in his hand? I didn't. A loaded fist. I didn't notice anything like that. Yeah, uh, just the way Jericho sold it after he was acting all stunned. But maybe it was just because he lost. Yeah, <laughs> that that could have been it. Maybe he didn't even know what the yeah. finish was gonna be. <laughs> Or maybe it comes out later. He had a roll of coins in his fist. I don't know. You heard it here first. If it happens. Okay. Either way, pride and powerful. Showing that the better team. And, uh, yeah. Oh, great. Fantastic. That's the way it should be. And I thought the match the was great. Be. I thought this match was uh, a lot of fun. It was nice to see Santana Ortiz making their way out of the inner circle. So the inner circle's done. Uh, we'll, I mean, we might get one kind of final send off of Sammy Guevara going like, you know, Chris, you can't even handle your own business. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Maybe this is a yeah. Jericho heel turn of sorts. Um, who knows? But with Jake Hager's you know sporadicness in the first place, Santana Ortiz don't have anything to do with him. Jericho, he's on an island. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh... Yeah, I think it's fine if we all just move on from the inner circle here. Yeah. Have Jericho go on a heel run. Sure. I mean, he hasn't been on a heel run since losing his championship. Yeah. Now that everyone loves singing along to Judas, you know, he takes some doing to maybe he'll have to change his theme song. Yeah, something like that, maybe. maybe. <laughs> uh, up next, we have women's action. Mercedes Martinez taking on Thunder Rosa. No DQ match here. Uh, and we also had another celebrity appearance, the uh, the bad guy from Karate Kid and Cobra Kai. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, whatever he's doing there. Uh, and then at one point in the match, they do the WWE spot of knocking over the barricade. But it's not quite as impactful when it's just a thin metal one falling. Yeah, over. that really fell. I was like, oh, that wasn't attached <laughs> like, to anything. She just went literally right through it. Yeah. But uh, so that falls over. They fight their way up into the crowd. Thunder Rosa climbs up, hits a big crossbody off the railing, and uh, we get back into the ring. Bunch of chairs, trash cans. We get a table set up, uh, kind of leaning on its side against the edge of the ring. Mercedes picks up Rosa, hits a big fisherman buster off the apron onto the table. But again, with these women, this table barely breaks, and they just kind of slide down. Yeah, it was like uh, it was like a little dangerous. splinter. Yeah, it was like boom, and then, whoosh, but the slide could have made it even more dangerous. But uh, yeah, everything's okay. Rosa gets back in the ring, puts a trash can over top of Mercedes, then just run, drops, kicks it into her, smashes her up real good. Uh, then they climb up the ropes. Mercedes hits a big spider German suplex off the top rope, folding Thunderosa in half. Big spot there. Uh, she follows up with an elbow drop where she appears to slip off the rope, but she's okay. Another could have been worse, but, uh, yeah, 
Thunder Rosa kicks out, fights back, hits the fire Thunder Driver onto a big pile of chairs. That gets her the win. So, nice hard-fought match here. Yep, big match, big match. Um, I mean, you, you've been calling this one for months now, right? The end game is Thunder Rosa taking on Britt Baker. Yeah, and uh, Baker and the crew, they do come out after to beat down Rosa. And, uh, they give Mercedes the steel pipe, tell her to finish the job. But she hesitates, so they say fuck you and beat up Mercedes as well. So it looks like she's out of the group. But That was quick. Then, I mean, Thunder Rosa may have just found a new friend. Yeah. So that could be a cool pairing. Everyone needs a friend here in All Elite Wrestling. Yeah, you need. You need. Uh, let's go to the main event, though. We got TNT title match. Sammy Guevara defending against Darby Allin. And I'm going to say it every week. Ditch that second t- uh, title, Sammy. Why do you yeah, and now I, I... And this was... I, I've got a closer look at the two of them. They look almost identical. Like, I don't get... Yeah, they like he's two of the blinged out. Like ones. if you were holding like the TNT title and then like the Miro TNT title, at least those yeah. looked different. Yeah, I just wanted like how long is he gonna do this for? Like you were interim champ for a week. Yeah, no <laughs> idea. The... Absolutely yeah. no idea. Oh well, doesn't matter. The match starts. They shake hands, show the respect. The crowd loves it. You got two of your pillars here, uh, just dueling chants back and forth. So. Everyone's hot. They give the crowd what they want. Just fast paced, nonstop action here. Sammy hangs Darby up in the ropes, hits a big flipping senton onto him, and yeah, he just goes on a run until Darby has his comeback, but then Sammy hits a big Spanish fly off the top rope, but he hurts his knee on the landing, so Darby goes after that. Uh, he applies the Last Supper pin, but Sammy kicks out. Darby goes for a suicide dive, but Sammy catches him midair. Midair off the suicide dive with a cutter to the floor. That was a big holy shit moment. That was a big one. And you know, yeah, I mean, you, you already I... hate suicide dives in the first place. I don't hate them. I just hate when Big E does it and it looks like he's going <laughs> to die. Yeah. I think it's a cool move. Uh, but yeah, I've never seen that variation of the cutter. We've seen a lot of cutters, but I don't think I've seen a suicide into a cutter. It's a good one. So that was cool. Uh, then Sammy goes for a swanton bomb on the apron, but Darby avoids that. So Sammy just crashes spine first on the edge, and Darby gains control, climbs up the top ropes, looking for the coffin drop. But then Jose uh, from Andrade's, uh, from Andrade Hardy family, what's he doing here? He jumps up on the apron, and uh, Sting grabs him, beats him up, but. All this is going on, distracting the ref. That's when Andrade sneaks up, nails Darby in the head with a tablet, denting the damn thing and uh, knocking Darby out cold on the top rope. Sammy, you know, he, he doesn't know what's going on. He just picks him up, hits the GTH, gets the three count to retain. But what the hell is going on here? Uh, I, Sammy and Andrade in cahoots? I think no. I think Andrade just. I think, I think Andrade just wants to be next for that TNT championship. Um, yeah, but I mean, he could have been next against Darby. Why did he have to ruin his shot? <laughs> to make the match seem fair, Mike. Uh, you're right, but that, but that <laughs> iPad though. This is now like the second or third time that iPad has been used to take somebody out. I might actually argue that it's slight. It's a more devastating blow than being knocked around with a title. 
Yeah, depending. Uh, I mean, it looks like a real iPad, and it got dented up pretty good. So, uh, yeah. Exactly. So. But, I mean, uh, I just, Andrade, he's all over the place. Like we were talking about with Escobar earlier, I still don't know what the hell's going on with this guy and the Hardy family. I just, ah, that's all I can say. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the point is, uh, unless the point is Darby Allen taking on Jeff Hardy. If that's a point, ah, well, like face paint on then, face paint, but, danger on danger. Uh, yeah, that you know, that we yeah, the match would be good. Getting to it might be weird because if Matt's a heel, you don't want to bring Jeff in as a heel. I don't know. It'd be hard to say. Either way, though. We, uh, Andrade does pick up those two TNT titles and walk off with them, so I guess he does want that next. Yeah, that could be uh, that could be your revolution right there. Um, that was all of that was all of this uh, all the in ring action this week for Dynamite. But let's uh, we do have the Chamber coming up in two days now, Mike. We got a little card ahead of us. Um, let's hear it. Let's let's get it off. Let's let's kick this one off. Um, with our first chamber match, let's just get into the uh, the women's side of things. This now this is for a championship match opportunity for that Raw Women's Championship at Mania. We've got Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Dewdrop, Nikki Sh, and Alexa Bliss. What's going through your mind? Yeah, I mean uh, the easy decision for me is Bianca Belair wins to get the big rematch with Becky, but I mean uh, there's really I mean, really, anyone but Dewdrop or Nikki, I think, could win it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Alexa Bliss, her first match back, she's always going to get a good push. But I don't think her versus Becky is a good matchup. And Maybe, I mean, yeah. Liv Morgan, we've seen it. Might not be ready for the WrestleMania moment. I don't know. Dewdrop, that's not going to happen. Nikki, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it sort of seems like it's Bianca or Rhea Ripley's to lose right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, next on the card, there's a lot of matches on this one so far. Rey Mysterio taking on the Miz, probably some kind of little blow off match. Uh, but both Dominic and uh, Maurice will be ringside. Maybe Dominic can contri- <laughs> help contribute to his father losing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, we've been booking this feud for months, and they still haven't gone too far with it but yeah this match they just kind of threw it on the card i guess Rey mysterio get that legend pop mm-hmm. that's pretty much all they need that's all he'll probably win yeah that's all you need really uh the usos taking on the viking raiders the usos are the smackdown tag team champions coming into saudi and i think they'll be the champions heading out yeah this uh just seems like a filler feud definitely don't think the vikings are gonna win it now we have seen championship belts change hands on uh, in the Saudi Arabia shows, but look, yeah. looking kind of up and down this card, I don't know if this is one where that will happen. Also, um, but let's get into uh, Roman, the big dog taking on Goldberg. We know how we I, we can literally play by play this matchup before it even happening. Um, where <laughs> where Roman walks away, still as champion. Yeah, Roman's going to win. Goldberg 
Has a pretty good record in Saudi, but I don't think uh, this. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, Bill. Definitely. Bill, if you're listening, don't smash your head against a fucking locker 90 seconds before going out. Um, yeah. Don't do that again, please. Uh, Becky Lynch taking on Lita. Becky Lynch is our Raw Women's Champion, and get yep. probably getting the win. Yeah, she'll definitely get the win here, but uh should be a fun match. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the, all the women in the crowd are going to be having a great time. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Next up, we have uh, Drew McIntyre taking on Madcap Moss in a Falls Count Anywhere match. So you know that this will probably uh. this will probably well this will probably be our opportunity to go backstage, maybe up on the ramp, maybe into the crowd to a certain point. Uh, remember, right? These Saudi shows are more of a spectacle to the local audience than anything, right? If they want a match where somebody goes up the ramp, backstage, falls off of a thing, we got to throw it in there, and maybe this is just that one to do it. Yeah, I guess at least it's better than. A regular match will have some stips. Yeah. Someone will fall through something and, yeah, whatever. Exactly. Drew, Andrew McIntyre walks away with a dub. Uh, our women's tag here, we have Ronda Rousey and Naomi taking on Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville. Uh, what I love about this matchup, just kind of on paper, is that it is a, a very clear babyface heel teams. Uh, Where sometimes when we get these multi-man matches, multi-person match, I have no clue what the fuck's going on. (laughs) Yeah, this is another one. I think the crowd's going to have a lot of fun. Even though Charlotte's a heel, everyone loves to do the woo, so everyone will be wooing, and uh, Sonya Deville will probably eat the pin at the end either way. But uh, probably not at the hands of Naomi, that's for sure. Um, If that's that's the matchup we are saving for Mania. Yeah, maybe Ronda breaks Sonya's other arm. Something, you know, it. something like that and then she can't come back until Mania. Uh and our main event, our final chamber matchup for that WWE Championship. We have Bobby Lashley, our champion. He's taking on Brock Lesnar, Seth freaking Rollins, Austin Theory, Matt Riddle and AJ Styles. Um now if there's any match for a championship to change hands, my I it's this one right here. Yeah. I mean, uh Brock Lesnar's already earned his universal title shot against Roman, but there's nothing stopping him from uh, making it a title versus title match or even defending one title the one night and going for the other the other night. Who knows? But uh, I certainly wouldn't bet against Brock Lesnar in this match. I don't know. It's hard not to. And the, and with something like the Chamber, you could kind of get that Bray Wyatt victory, right? You don't need to pin the champion to become the champion. You just need to last the longest, uh, which is exactly what happened to Bray Wyatt when he won his championship in the Elimination Chamber four-ish, probably years back now. We could see Bobby Lashley the first or the second eliminated for all we know. Could happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Either way, should be a fun match. Uh, you know, obviously, Austin Theory, he's not going to win. Riddle, not going to win. Nope. Uh, AJ, yeah. Seth Rollins, yeah. Either way, probably not going to see any of those other guys. Brock Lesnar, I think he'll be the winner here. Yeah, he could be. That sounds about right. Very excited. Saudi Arabia, we're going on Saturday, folks. Uh, probably a bit of a different start time, so be sure to keep your eyes open for that. Let's close off our show the way that we always do, which is by giving you a Wrestler of the Week. It's the Wrestler of the Week of the Week. Wrestler of the Week. 
Mike, I've got one here for you. Um, although we're, there were some great matches on Dynamite, of course, that grimy Carmelo Hayes match on NXT was a standout. But I got to give my wrestler of the week none other than Rhea Ripley, one of the strongest women in the company. Forty-four minutes of in-ring action um, before uh, losing to the hands of Bianca Belair. Look, if you've been in a Gauntlet match since the opening bell, and then you lose at the very end. That's a win in my book. 44 <laughs> minutes. That's two episodes of uh, The Simpsons. That is, that is, that's one full hour of Law & Order SVU. Um, from front to back. Longer than anyone. Longer than anyone in the men's rumble this year. Longer, you perform, longer than anyone in the men's rumble. And this was on free television, people. Uh, and a lot more wrestling. You're one on one. You can't just rest in the corner. You can't just, yeah, people. catch your breath for 42 and a half minutes. Uh, so, Rhea Ripley, you are uh, my wrestler of the week. All right. Well deserved. Uh, yeah, lots of great wrestling, as we said. Lots of great women's wrestling this week. So I'm going to stick with that, but I'm going to give it to Naomi over on SmackDown for that excellent performance against Charlotte, showing, uh, you know, there's a reason why she's a two-time champ, and there's still room to add more to that legacy. Yeah, sometimes we forget that Naomi has won uh, two champ. Yeah, she won at Mania. She is a WrestleMania champion, um, <laughs> which is something that we cannot forget. Uh, and that's I all mean, the time. Sasha, Sasha Banks can't even make that claim. Amen. Sasha Banks hardly wins ever. Uh, but that's all the time we have for the show this week, folks. Thanks for listening. Rate, review, like, subscribe. The show is everywhere. Be sure to tune in to The Chamber. Uh, we'll be recapping all of that action next week alongside the rest of our WrestleMania road and, of course, our Revolution build. Yes, and uh, the Cody Roads to WrestleMania. The Cody Roads to WrestleMania. Oh, somebody fucking print a shirt. <laughs> it's already done. Yeah. Uh, that's all the time we have. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Mike, take care of yourself. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Two.